everything you say this point forward will be recorded. It can and will be held against me in the court of Cleef. Dang straight. Dang straight. <laughs> take the kid out of Utah. Dank. But you can't take the Utah out of me. <laughs> anyway, uh, Adam's still not here, which is kind of a bummer because he's way better at this crap than I am. But Adam. I bet you he's, he, he, he's in Dublin right now. So he said that Dublin What's he is. Dublin? Ooh. Uh. He said that Dublin's uh, like Seattle, but I think. Less mountains? Less mountains, yeah. I don't know. I've got a friend that lives in uh, in Dublin, Oscar. So you is. must not be able to see mountains because Seattle doesn't really have mountains. Yeah, there's just mountains around, around us. So it I must think, be the views. I think Dublin would probably be older as well. I would guess. Yeah, I don't know. Considering the rest of the world is older than us. Everything's older than us, yeah. So anyway, episode 95. 95. I, <laughs> that is, you're the Dylan. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We're doing that. I guess. See, Adam's not here. I, I don't know, it man. It throws me off. Like, if he doesn't say he's Adam, then I don't I'm even Cl- know. That I'm Dylan. <laughs> I'm Cliff. If he's not Adam, then I'm the Dylan. You're the Dylan. Okay, so we've got that out of the way. Whew. I know. Thank goodness. Uh, today, we're going to talk about, obviously, what we've been playing. We will talk about some news, including Switch games that won't support cloud saves, which kind of sucks. Um, THQ uh, bought the license for Kingdom of Amalur, which is cool. Um, Vicky is very happy, very happy about that. But they can't publish games um, with that license. <laughs> so uh, the world's saddest Easter egg. Um, yeah. Rebel Galaxy Outlaw might scratch that privateer itch for you. Mm. Halo 5 might be coming to the PC. Ooh. <laughs> this is bad. <laughs> Spider-Man is ridiculously polished, and we're going to talk a little bit about that. Uh, that I think that was Wolverine, actually. Oh. Or is that Shink Shink? I think that's Shink. Yeah, anyway. Uh, then we got questions from Vinny, and then another question from Vinny. <laughs> uh, questions from Super super Hyper Mighty Weapon Man. Josh, Joe Coleslaw has a paragraph. And Man Socks, we got a couple of cheap free games, and then I did a little bit of Troll Corner this week. So I'm going to do it. Yeah. Anyways, uh, would you like to start off, Dylan, with uh, what you've been playing? Sure. Ooh, we almost went straight to news there, didn't uh, we? No, I was I was taking a deep breath because I am excited. Awesome. Um, I played Hearthstone. That's really it. Um, they put out the most recent expansion recently. That was redundant. But anyway, the Boomsday Project is out now, and the Boomsday Project not only adds cards like every expansion does, but a new single player experience. Um, and like the last two, Witchwood and uh, Cobbleton and Catacombs, which were kind of single player, like your deck kind of builds as you go and you get upgrades to fight a NPC sure. monster or bad guy or dungeon or whatever. Um, this is focused on puzzles. So um, it'll give you a board of with, with some cards out and, you have different objectives depending on which, um, I guess, uh, I can't remember what they call them, uh, but Doohickeys. either you're going for lethal damage. So in some combination, you can play your cards to do lethal damage to your opponent, or you're trying to clone your opponent's side of the board. So however their cards are, you have to try to arrange your cards the same way. Um, meaning they might have a monster on the field that you can't actually put there, so you have to figure out a way to remove it and make sure that if you buff or debuff or damage any minions, they all have to clone exactly. So if there's five damage on a minion on the opposite side of the board, or I guess five health left, rather, that same minion on your side of the board needs to have five health left and mirror it exactly. Um, Which It's interesting how they created a 
puzzle game within a, a card game and it works yeah. it works really well that's really cool um and the puzzles do get fairly challenging but i and i don't like not just for puzzle game enthusiasts but i think this is just a good way to learn interactions within hearthstone if you're a player that either you have played a lot and understand how the cards interact really well and you'll probably be good at this unless your brain just isn't quite <laughs> that way or if you're a newer player like this might be a way that really helps you figure out how different cards interact and how to maximize your output because a lot of that a lot of it is kind of about that when doing lethal damage especially you can figure out how to do I mean, so much damage. Of course, those aren't always going to be the cards in your hand, but sure, um, it's pretty interesting. Though. I tell you, every time I watch you play Hearthstone, I think, man, I should really get into Hearthstone. And yet, even though it's a free game that has literally no barriers to entry, I've never actually done it. Like, yeah. I could be playing it on my phone right now. And yeah. I don't know. And they used to have you pay for the, um, like, the single-player expansions, and now they're just free updates. So I highly recommend getting it in because with those three last ones, with Boomsday Project, Witchwood, and Cobbles and Catacombs, there's a ton of just single-player experience if you really don't have the itch to, like, compete with other people. Uh, yeah. Um it, or just a good way to get you into the way the game works and how cards work. And, right. Um, and it's, it's super fun and it's blizzardy. And maybe I'll do it. I, I the artwork's won't, great. But just maybe, do it. Maybe I'll do it. Who knows? I, uh, is it my turn now? Sure. So I've got, <laughs> see, the, the problem is, is, is it's a game I can play on my phone, but at the same time, Burrito Bison Lucha Launchy. Burrito Bison Launcha Libre. I wrote down. Launcha. Oh, Lucha. I wrote down Burrito Bison Lucha Launcha Libre, which is not the name of the game. It is Burrito Bison Launcha Libre, which is a game that I've talked about and Adam's talked about and Dylan's talked about. And if all of that talking about it hasn't made you think, hey, maybe I should go download this game to my iOS or Android phone. This is the time to do that because, God, it's just so good. It's it's free to play, and literally there is no reason to put money into it except that they've made an exceptionally good game. Um, yeah, I was happy to give them the couple bucks I did to yeah. get the like the no ads and the yeah. So so the other the, than that, the kind of way it works is is when you're do- doing a run, there's pin- a pinata that you can catch on most levels, probably all levels, I would guess. And yeah, the, at some point you will cross one if you get far enough. Yeah, and so when you capture that, if you have the free version, you have to watch an ad before you can open that pinata, and that pinata gives you all sorts of of magical goodies. And for like eight bucks normally, but it's on sale all the time. I only paid four. You can get rid of watching that ad, which I literally only did not because it bothered me, but because I was playing this game a lot at the convention center while I was waiting in line at PAX. And uh, sometimes the ad wouldn't load, and so I wouldn't get the pinata stuff. It's still frustrating. But besides that, the game's amazing. I probably spent 10 or 12 hours playing it last week because I played it all the way to Phoenix on the airplane, all the way back from Phoenix on the airplane, and a bunch of time at PAX, and oh, it's so good. It's incredibly repetitive. You literally just do the same thing over and over and over again, but while you're doing it, you're leveling up, leveling up characters and leveling up attacks and unlocking new stuff, and I should hate everything about this game, but it's the perfect, like, mindless mobile game to play, so... I don't know, 15 million people have downloaded it, I guess. It's so. a sleeper hit for sure, because this is not a game you'd expect to enjoy that much, but I found everyone out, has, apparently. I so. found out yesterday, too, that you actually don't even need an iOS device to play it. You can actually play it on your computer, which is a domain that I'm going to have to like talk to IT about blocking, because 
man, that I cannot s- contain myself. I, I all of a sudden I just get fired. Like close off the podcast. They're like, what happened? He's like, he spent forty hours last week Must playing launch. burrito bison. <laughs> Must launch Libre. Oh God, it's so good. Um, besides that, I got back into Destiny Two. Um, I purchased it for the third time on the Xbox. Which, you know, whatever, as you do, I suppose. Um, I kind of wanted to try the Forsaken DLC. Um, the one, th- like, I will tell you, that game is spectacular. It's always been great. I really have enjoyed, what you know, the time I've played with it. It looks terrific on the Xbox. Um, the The only kind of, like, disappointing thing I've found so far is I didn't have an Xbox character, obviously, and the people I wanted to play with were ready to go into Forsaken. And so I used my... Um, Orb of Light, I think they're called, and that just bumps you up, essentially, to the level of Forsaken. It bumped me up to 320 light and gave me a bunch of gear, but the gear they give you is all kind of just mediocre. Like, you don't get any great gear. You just get, here's basic level 320 gear, and then I played for, like, four hours, and I only gained, like, another six light, Um, which is weird because everyone else I was playing with gained a lot more i mean my brother played that day and just when we were playing gained like 35 light so i don't know if it's a function of he's just better than i am or if a function of like the drops are strange or what i don't know i'm gonna play it again this weekend we'll see if it does better but it was it was kind of disappointing in destiny's a game where you get loot all the time it's constantly dropping stuff and it did not feel that way this time. It felt like I got barely any drops, and I started out almost as bad as I started. So, and and the reality is, three twenty is not really good enough to do the Forsaken stuff yet. So, Man. I've got to grind a little bit before I can actually do it, which it's a little bit of a bummer. And I, the other kind of crappy thing is, is bumping up to Forsaken using your it's a mote of light. That's what it's called. Um, you pass all the other DLCs. So you pass Warmind, you pass um, the other two little DLCs, and I think one other one. I think there's four DLCs the first season. And you literally pass all those. You can't play them. You can play them in Strikes Playlist, but you can't just go go do those missions and do them Hmm. as a story, which I was really disappointed in. Yeah, Um, that's kind of weird. So, And because obviously because crossplay doesn't exist, I can't just bring my PS4 character over that's, you know... So if you have friends, you have to simultaneously keep up with two characters to play everything. I mean, yeah, I guess. Otherwise, your friend's going to be done by the time you get to where he is, or he's going to wait for you, which is kind of annoying. The reality is, is it's just, you know, crossplay would fix all of this. I've played through the story DLC on the PS4. I've played through, that's all I've played through. So, I mean, my character is not awesome on the PS4, but it's close enough that I would probably level that character up as opposed to not cheating, but using that orb to, to bump, bump my way up. And so, you know, whatever. I also own it on the PC. It would be really cool to be able to take either of those characters into the PC so I could play with Vinny, so I could play with, you know, some of the other folks who are playing on the PC, but it's really hard for me to think I'm going to, you know, do a, either pay another $40 so I can buy the DLC on the PC and get an orb of light or, you know, level another character it's just it's another place where cross play and cross yeah. progression would really would really yeah, all you need help. Is, like especially a game like this there's no reason cross progression like none I, like it's all just PvE. give me my level and give me my experience yeah. like i don't it's dumb. give me my stuff whatever i don't know it uh but it's it's a great game i really enjoy it so whatever we'll see um, I'm also still playing Assassin's Creed Origins, which I am really, really enjoying. Like, the more I play Origins, the more I realize that 
Origins might be the game that I wanted oh, God of War to be. And not that they're the same game in any way, um, but I love the way you move in Assassin's Creed. Like, it feels really fluid, and you can climb over anything, and you can jump on stuff, and you can swim, and you can grapple, and the combat feels fluid if I was better at it. Like, I don't think the combat's bad. I think I'm just bad at the combat. But I'm getting along okay. And and it really, they really stand in stark contrast to each other, where I felt that God of War was very stilted, and it felt like I was hitting buttons to make animations run instead of hitting buttons to make my character do things. Um, and and Origins doesn't feel that way at all. So, like I said, it's it's a little bit of an apples and oranges comparison, but... Assassin's Creed Origins keeps pulling me back where God of War did not. So, you know, anyway, that's what we're playing. Uh, before we get to that thing that Dylan's going to announce in just a second, we wanted to let you know that uh, we have a Patreon. And uh, there are some wonderful people in our Patreon that support us every month um, for as little as a dollar. But then there are some that uh, that help us at a producer level. I'm going to tell you who they are right now. Uh, that's Alan Schulte. That is Austin Palmer, who I still owe stuff to. I'm sorry, Austin. It's not that I don't love you. It's that I was in Phoenix and super busy and packed before that. Oh, God, it was so hot in Phoenix. Holy crap. Uh, Jack Irish, our good friend from Australia. Joe Cold Jr., Kevin Schold, uh, Michael Kennedy, who I also owe stuff to, but I will hook you up. Uh, he was Michael sweating, Kennedy. surrounded by rattlesnakes in Arizona. Exhaust the rattlesnakes everywhere. And Michael Kennedy, uh, oh, God, his last name, I forget again, it's in French. Michael Kennedy... Gouthier, maybe, who knows, uh, and Vinny Ciampa. Um, you all are awesome, and we love you. Um, we're also doing some kind of different stuff over on our Patreon. So some of it is for patrons only. Some of it is public. So if you haven't been to patreon.com slash podcast, you might want to go check it out. There's some uh, videos over there that it's the only place we've posted them. Um, and we're trying some other kind of experimental stuff. It's kind of uh, an area where we try things that we aren't sure we want to do public yet. So we've got some of that if you're willing to pay a buck. Um, we also did put up an episode of 8-Bit Bytes yesterday. So you can go check that out uh, for a, a week uh, before it hits public. That'll hit for everyone else next Monday. So go go take a look there and poke around, see what you see. Um, let's see. We also are a Humble Bundle partner. Humble Bundles are cool and a great way to get a bunch of cheap PC games. Especially this month. This month is fantastic, but we'll talk about that later. That's a tease. It's a tease. It's foreshadowing. Yes. Anyway, uh, so you can go to bitemepodcast.com slash humble and click through to all the different bundles and sales that are available there. We get a little piece of that and it stops humble from constantly sending me emails like, hey guys, you haven't really sold anything in a little while. Is everything okay? You guys dead? Like, (laughs) Yeah, automated email, I'm fine. Anyway, uh, you can also review us on iTunes. Uh, that helps a ton, helps us get in front of more eyes, and uh, that makes me happy. So then when I go and look at my, my you know, podcast statistics, I don't go like, oh, man, I wish that was higher. Instead, it's just higher because more people saw it. It's yeah, good. we like to be happy. Make, make Cliff happy. That's the way you should think about this. Anyway, Dylan. News. There we go. I have to, I, I went over to my Patreon tab and got a little bit lost. Anyway, uh... News. It's good stuff. First thing, some Switch games are not going to support cloud saves, which kind of sucks because I think that's um, probably the only reason a lot of people want the uh, Switch online service, I got to think. <laughs> um, obviously, with that, you're also going to get um, multiplayer. You're going to get those handful of um, 
free NES games they're going to give away. But uh, CloudPlay was really kind of a big reason that I, I was looking forward to this, so I wouldn't have to worry about losing my Switch again and losing all my save games, which is why I'm still not as far in uh, Zelda Breath of the Wild as I was when I lost my Switch. Anyway, the reason this is going to... Uh, the reason that's going to happen apparently is Switch. Uh, sorry, Nintendo is worried about people being able to cheat somehow by using cloud saves. They'll be able to upload things to the cloud, and and there'll be items. I don't know. I'm going to read their full statement just because uh, it provides a little light on this, I guess. Uh, this is what they said to IGN. The vast majority of Nintendo Switch games will support save data cloud backup. However, in certain games, this feature would make it possible to, for example, regain items that have been traded to other players or revert to a higher online multiplayer ranking that have been lost. To ensure fair play, save data cloud backup may not be enabled for such games. To ensure that save data cloud backups cannot be used unfairly, uh, Sorry, to ensure that save data cloud backups cannot be used to unfairly affect online multiplayer rankings, the feature will not be enabled in Splatoon 2. Um, in addition to that, uh, it looks like it might not be available on um, Pokemon Let's Go. Uh, let's see, the Pikachu version, Pokemon Let's Go Eevee, Splatoon 2, and uh, Dark Souls Remastered, Dead Cells, FIFA 19, and NBA 2K19. <laughs> So a lot of pretty big games coming out. Um, the Pokemon one's probably being the biggest right now. Um, but this is kind of a bummer, and I don't – I mean, like, the good news is it's going to be noted on the game when you buy it. Right. The bad news is, is, like, every other system's figured this out. Why can't Nintendo? <laughs> yeah. I mean, they're trying to do it to stop a problem, but I don't know if – I guess. I, I mean – it... I don't think it's, I don't know if it's big enough of a problem. It's not like they're, that's like the least form of cheating to me. Right. Like, and my understanding is that Splatoon 2 has horrible cheating problems anyway. Yeah. So I don't know how this would fix or not fix And things. might be a game that, I, I guess the benefit to having cloud saves in Splatoon over not would be like, I care more about having my progression and being able to pick up all the stuff that I've unlocked somewhere else right? more than someone else taking the time to regain items. They've, I don't know. It's, I mean, I guess to me also the, the problem with this, and this is also a problem with the PS4 that I drives me batty is that we live in a world where people often have more than one of these. I mean, obviously I do, but I think that's not as uncommon as you think, but also people have friends like, I don't, but some people do, yeah. and uh, might want to go over to their house and pull their save games down. Like, it's been really convenient on the Xbox for my brother to be able to log into his Xbox account and then have access to his games and his saves. Yeah. Um, and that's a thing you can't really do without <laughs> those saves being stored in the cloud. So it's <laughs> kind of crappy that I would not be able to play my Pokemon game on my friend's Switch. Um even if you wanted to. So. Maybe I can bring it over on a floppy disk? I guess. I mean, I think that's the crazy thing is, is that that on the PS4, like, it's a little easier. You can, like, manually push things up to the cloud and manually download them. But, yeah, I mean, so much of what we're doing on the Switch right now seems like, yeah, get a little mini SD card and plug it in and yeah. pull your pictures off of it. I'm like, that's that's convenient. I guess not. No, <laughs> I mean, no, it's not. But I, but I guess that's the question is, is are we to the point now where you have to think about backing up your saves externally like that 
that was something you did yeah, in a, the 90s that's on a your PC, thing, you yeah. know, like I get a floppy disk and, uh, you know, back at my save game so I don't have to worry about them getting lost if my computer crashed. So I don't know. It seems it seems like a really big step backwards for something yeah. that everybody else seems to have figured out. Agreed. So, the, I agree. The, the good news is we're kind of used to it already. Yeah. So it's not much of a it's not like it's a change. It's just. You're only getting eighty percent of it when it happens. So. I mean, I guess I guess the good news is we're only paying twenty bucks a year for this because yeah. I'd be kind of pissed if it was sixty. Yeah. yeah. Whatever, we'll see. Uh, next up, so this is this was way out of left field. So, um, Kingdoms of Amalur Reckling. Reckling. <laughs> I'm recollecting. It's real early here. We usually podcast about seven hours later than this. I'm still I'm still sipping on my first coffee. It's not going well. Coffee anyway, one? Kingdoms of Amalur Reckoning is a really interesting role-playing game made by a baseball player funded by the state of Rhode <laughs> Island. <laughs> so funny. That did really well. Had a lot of real positive reviews, but then the, the company kind of went super sideways Oof. yeah and the state of rhode island lost about 80 million dollars and my understanding is the ip for this game was actually owned by rhode island um up until the license was bought by uh thq nordic which is interesting thq nordic's done a lot of really cool things lately with um remastering some older defunct games um, and so people were really, really excited when they found out that they'd purchased this license. The downside being is they uh, they own the license, but EA owns the publishing rights. So they actually can't publish. They could make a new Kingdoms of Amalur game or remaster the old one or make a sequel to it or, you know, whatever. Like they, the world is their oyster, but they can't publish any of those games without working with EA. So... Good news, bad news. The good news is we know who owns the rights. <laughs> so I guess there there's hope. The bad news is it's EA. Yeah, I, I, don't, I know. don't know. It's not the definitely not the news you expected to see this week or whatever, but like I'm gonna say it is good news because yeah. I think that that's a good that's a good game that through this really wackadoo story, like is in limbo. Like it yeah. just couldn't Better to be out of limbo, I suppose. Right. Um, I mean, I was talking to Vicky about this game, I'm going to say, like, two weeks ago, and I think she said she has, like, 150 hours into it and is only, like, 50% of the way done with the game. So, yeah. I mean, there's something there. And, I mean, it's it's not that old of a game either. It still is very much playable. Um, yeah. So, I play, I, yeah, I played the demo back in the back in the day, and always I always intended to pick up this game, and it was it's that game that was just always, I guess, second to whatever I wanted to play then, so I never actually yeah the trigger and bought it and popped it in and played it so yeah so i mean something to watch out for i think that there's there's some possibility there and you know ea i don't think is the bad guy that a lot of people make them out to be i think that especially if there's i mean they're they're not the bad guy they just like to make money and so if they can find a way to do this and make money i would guess they will yeah. so anyway that is that next up um so this is like maybe the saddest thing I've ever heard, and it's crazy enough the second time this has happened. So this is the world's saddest Easter egg. So uh, a couple of years back, um, a guy named Tyler Schultz uh, tweeted at Insomniac and said, hey, I want to get married. I've been engaged to this girl for five years, and I want to put a, I want you to put a billboard or a something inside of Spider-Man 
so I can use that to promote, so I can use that to propose to my girlfriend so she'll marry me. And it actually worked. They, uh, they put it in the game. There's a, there's a, like a movie marquee that says, Maddie, will you marry me? And like, this is a, one of those just perfect stories, right? Except that Tyler and his girlfriend broke up before the game came out. Oh. <laughs> and so now it's being pushed everywhere. And, and unfortunately, it was kind of like a two-part story where it was people found this marquee and it blew up like, oh, my God, this is amazing. Uh, like, congratulations, blah, 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 blah. And then, oh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but the crazy thing is this is not the first time that happened. Um they did it, shoot, and you know, I had it somewhere else, and I don't remember what the game was, but I think it was one of the, like, Battlefield games. They did the same thing, and the same thing happened. They broke up before it made it into the oh, game. Yeah. So uh, someone I read on Twitter said, this is now a, like, cursed idea. Do not try and get your proposal yeah. into a video game. It, it'll destroy your relationship. Yeah. I don't know. Do it at a basketball game or something instead. Yes. Yeah. Like, or just ask. Luck, luckily, <laughs> games are less permanent than they used to be, maybe. So you can change it. Yeah. But like, it's kind of like tattooing yourself. Like, don't yeah. do it. Cause. Yeah. Insomniac uh, is, is actually has offered to take it out of the game via patch. So we'll see if they <laughs> actually so do or not. I know, right? Oh, poor dude, though. Yeah. I just can't imagine how. Like, that's insult to injury. So. No, the he just has to go find someone with the same name. He just has to find another girl named Maddie. That's yeah. way, see, that's even smarter, Dylan. Or, like, I, I would actually, like, what I want to think is that there's somewhere somebody somewhere who wants to promote, propose to their girlfriend named Maddie or yes. Madeline. And they're like, no, 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 no. They said it was for this Tyler dude, but it was actually for me. You yeah. want to get married? Yeah. Yeah, that's the way to do it. Or any Maddies out there seek Tyler out. That's an and even have a happy life. See, there are so many ways that this could go from a sad, sad, sad Easter egg to a very yeah. happy forever. This is just the story. the rising conflict in the middle of the movie. <laughs> I love it. Um, Do you ever play Wing Commander Privateer? No, uh, you're too young. It yeah. was a cool game. Um, it's one of those games that I've always when people ask like, oh, we've actually asked this question or answered this question a couple times. Like, if you could bring back any franchise, what would it be? And Privateer was really cool. It was one of those kind of you own a spaceship, and then what you do with that spaceship is up to you. You know, do you want to become a smuggler and smuggle things between different? Yes. Of course. Um, do you want to be you know? And because it's Wing Commander too, it's kind of set in the Star Wars universe. So it's I mean, it's not really, but close enough. Yeah. Um, do you want to be Han Solo? Do you want to be a pirate? Do you want to be a smuggler? Do you want to just be a trader? Do you want to buy high, you know, low and sell? Don't buy high and sell low. That's terrible. Buy low and sell high between different galaxies. Do you want to, you know, there's all these different, you know, you just want to do missions where, you know, maybe you're a bounty hunter. Maybe you go out and kill pirates. There's all these different possibilities. Privateer was a great game. And a couple of years ago, a game called Rebel Galaxy came out that was supposed to kind of get that feel. It's made by, um, I believe, two of the developers from Runic Games, the folks that made Torchlight. They founded uh, 
Runic and then left about three years ago and and put out this Rebel Galaxy. Rebel Galaxy was fun. I enjoyed it. I played it. But they're now talking about uh, the kind of sequel to that game called Rebel Galaxy Outlaw. And it's supposed to be kind of a prequel to that. It's coming out next year. But it apparently has a really, really tight privateer feel. Like everyone's pushing this as like, hey, this could be the next privateer that lets you get a spaceship and then just do kind of whatever you want. Um so I'm I'm really excited about that. Have you ever have you ever played any game like that? I don't think so. Oh, it's such a terrific genre, yeah. man. And it's something that I mean that doesn't exist. I mean, well, it does. It, it, Elite is that game now, um, but Elite's way more simmy. Like that's a that's a pretty serious. Like every time I think like oh I'm gonna play Elite, everyone's like oh well you really need a joystick and a throttle. And I'm like yeah. no, I want something I can play with a gamepad. So this is supposed to be the kind of arcadey space combat game that uh, is really going to fill that shoes so that's coming out early next year and it is something i am extraordinarily excited about it if that also excites you they released like an hour of narrated gameplay that you can go watch so check that out and let's see amazon a a company that we were kind of crapping all over what two weeks ago because they changed their pre-order policy uh may have given us a little gift just a small one but uh, they they did a, a little bit of a an update on the listing for Halo Five Guardians, and one of the things they uh, included in that update was saying, "Hey, it's going to be available for PC," um, which has not been announced, um, and I think a lot of people would really, really enjoy. So I, yeah. it's weird to me that Halo is not available. <laughs> it's absolutely I, crazy just, that Halo at this is point, like I, it's just something you would think that those games would already and the crazy thing is i mean i think one was eventually and i think two was but i don't think any of the other ones past that were yeah it's been a long 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 time since halo was out so um it'll be really interesting to see if this a is true um b it'll be interesting to see if this is free <laughs> because it's already free in game pass so in theory if you have game pass yeah. will you get this for free on the pc i would guess i would guess so too but like that'd be that'd be pretty fantastic let people you know i mean i think there is a i mean halo 5 is not the best of the halos um i hear the multiplayer is very good mm-hmm. um but the story was kind of meh i haven't played it yet but just because i've kind of heard the story is kind of meh but uh, it's definitely Xbox enhanced, which means it should also be gorgeous on a PC. So, you know, it's probably about time. I, I don't think there's any way that Halo 6 launches without being on the PC, though. Yeah. I think it's, I, I've got to. So good news for, uh, for Halo fans. That's, that's pretty exciting. Uh, next up. So... People, we're going to talk, like, Spider-Man is also in Troll Corner. Um, not Spider-Man itself, but whatever. Um, Spider-Man has one of the coolest audio details that I've ever heard. And it's something that I want people playing Spider-Man, which is apparently everyone. It's the best-selling PS4 game ever, I think. It's it's uh, outpacing God of War by two times, from what I understand. So, literally everyone owns this game. And... Based on the number of pictures that I've seen on Twitter and Instagram, everyone is also using the photo mode um, to its fullest. But one of the coolest audio details that this has is that they actually recorded a lot of the lines twice 
once for if Spider-Man is like standing on a building resting and once for if he's like web slinging while he does it. So the web slinging ones, he'll sound a lot more strained because he's, you know, it's hard. Like, I mean, there's a lot of, there's G forces and physics and all sorts of stuff working against you. Even if you're a spider infested superhero, but (laughs) it'll literally change too. If you web sling and are talking and then land, he'll kind of, you know, take a breath and then go on in the less strained voice. So you know, that's pretty wild. Say what you will about this game. And, and I've been kind of cautiously optimistic, I guess, is what I would say my, my thoughts about Spider-Man have been. But the more I hear about it, the more I see gameplay, the more I see you know, people's reactions to it, the more I'm excited about it. It's coming. It's my next game coming from Gamefly. So we'll see soon. But I thought this was, first of all, something I'd never heard anybody else do. I've never heard like that level of, of audio detail to make something work like that but uh it just it shows the love and the uh the level of detail that uh the folks at insomniac are putting into this game so anyway that is love it that is news um i think we're gonna answer some questions now and our first question and actually our second question are from Uh, yo vinny yeah the vinster what are you doing He's at school what are you doing right, right now? now, I think. You're learning stuff? He's learning stuff. <laughs> doing doing the school. Someday, someday. Doing I'm the gonna, education. I'm very excited for Vinny to get out of school, and I'm, I'm hoping that, like. He's never going to get, he's just going to be in school forever. He's Van Wilder. I'm hoping that Vinny's, like, degree and our, like, rise to podcast success, like, hit some sort of, like, where they cross over yeah. so we can hire Vinny as, like, our CPA. Yeah. Um, to manage our podcast millions that you know we'll make someday right or they'll make a sequel to sequel to van wilder it'll be finn wilder (laughs) (laughs) you're just gonna rage at college forever it'll be great anyway uh vinny's first question is if you have time that that, that's really not part of the question (laughs) if you were to choose five (laughs) games total to give someone a taste of the type of games you uh enjoy kind of your gaming persona i suppose what games would that be you got them? I think so. My my question is, if two games are kind of similar, should you pick a, a different game? Like, should I pick Saints Row and Grand Theft Auto? Like, No, I think I think you can. I, I think that those both give the same flavor to who right, you are as a gamer. So that's kind of. Yeah. All right. Okay. Go, go ahead, sir. Um, Grand Theft Auto. Good choice. Um, and I. I'm not going to be super specific because yeah. franchises kind of. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, Overwatch. Good choice. Um, multiplayer Battle Arena. Um, go with Gears of War. Interesting. All right. Um, I really enjoyed Gears of War cover when it came out. Cover-based shootery. Um, yeah, I, I, I like the cover-based shooting, and I guess that game, I think, does it better than any other game. Sure. Um, I think probably because you can't jump. Um so, really? Yeah, there's no jumping in there. Never mentioned I hate games where you can't jump. Except you never notice in Gears of War because it doesn't. I think the game is so well designed 
then there's no time that you ever need to jump. I think the funny thing is, is I don't need to jump, but I tend to just like jump while I'm running. Right. Except isn't that the most obnoxious thing when you're like, no one would ever do that in a battlefield? Yeah. But well, it's I, it's a it's a trope of video games that you can jump and dodge bullets. I think the thing it is. Because it makes you harder to hit, but you would just die because you actually couldn't steady a weapon no. jumping like a bunny rabbit. I think that's the thing is it drives me nuts to watch it like people do it in Fortnite, but I do it. And I'd never do it in Fortnite, which is the ridiculous thing. Like, it's such a because, – because of that, because you can't jump and actually be effective at the same time. But I do it all the time in, like, single-player games. Like, I'm just like my little Assassin's Creed guy just, like, bouncing around a beach. It's weird. Anyway, sorry. Gears? Um, I guess I'll go with League of Legends. Good choice. Um, and then let's go Hearthstone. Excellent. Those- um, I think that gives every, every little bit of flavor um, out there. I'd like to I'd like to throw like an honorable mention probably to Mega Man even like it's one of my favorite games but I guess that's Dead Cells is something recently yeah. that kind of has that 2D flavor so if the, if I had a 6 I would give it to probably Mega Man for but that's just not really what I play at this point in my life yeah but no I think that's fair those are still my favorite and I think that's a hard question too do you like because one of mine would be some sort of Metroidvania and so like the question is, is do you choose Metroid do you choose <laughs> Castlevania or do I choose Ori because it's probably my favorite Metroidvania, yeah. you know? And all three of the, I guess the answer is, is all three of those give the same answer is that right. Cliff likes Metroidvanias. Um, right. So I think I'd probably choose Ori. Uh, it's it's probably the most recent one I've played. Actually, Yoko's Island Express was the most recent one I've played. But Ori really defined what a great Metroidvania was to me. Um, and that's kind of the same question. is like, I'm probably going to choose Gone Home for like my walking sim entry, even though there are walking sims that I've played since I played Gone Home that I've liked more. But I think if I'd never played Gone Home, I pr- would not have probably ever played any of the other ones. I never would have played Tacoma. I never would have played What Remains of Edith Finch. I probably never would have played Oxenfree. Um, although I'd, I'd kind of almost want to give Oxenfree an honorable mention to that for me because even though it is kind of walking simish, what I really like about that game is the the narrative. Um, and it's a little bit spooky. Like I don't like scary games, but I like spooky games. So anyway, uh, I'm going to say Ori. I'm going to say Gone Home. I'm probably going to (sighs) say Super Mario, although probably really what I mean is Super Mario World. Um, But just that kind of, hey, I've been playing games for a long time. Um, Oddly enough, like that one for me could also probably be Contra because Contra, I probably played more than those, but Mario World's probably a better placeholder for that. Um, I'm going to say, I want to say Final Fantasy VI because that game was really, it, it meant a lot to me when I played it in the 90s, but I don't really play JRPGs anymore. Final Fantasy VI would have totally defined me as a gamer in the in the 90s, but doesn't really any longer. I don't I don't get into that. So I'm probably going to say Skyrim because that's really more the kind of RPG I play these days. Um, Skyrim, Fallout, those kind of big epic open world. You know, there's too many moving parts, but they're all kind of enjoyable <laughs> kind of games. Um, and then probably my last one would be, I'm actually going to say, I, I could, for this, I could say Diablo. I could say, um, 
Oh, shoot, those other games we just talked about. Uh, Torchlight. Torchlight. Um, but I'm probably going to say Dungeon Siege, actually, which was um, made by Chris Taylor, um, Gas Powered Games. Um, and I probably played Diablo before I played Dungeon Siege, but Dungeon Siege was the game that really got me into those kind of clickety-clickety, loot-everywhere um, kind of dungeon crawler kind of games. So I think that Dungeon Siege would probably be my last one. Maybe even Dungeon Siege 2 specifically. It was probably the better of the games. So I think those are our five. I th- those are good, though. Like, it's a it's a fun question. I've been seeing that kind of floating around for, like, he, I don't remember where Vinny said he got it. It's off one of the, like, IGN boards or something. And I saw it floating around Twitter, and I really wanted to answer it, but I hadn't really taken the time to sit down and think about yeah. it. But it's a cool way to, like, shortcut what kind of gamer you are. Right. I didn't want to think about it too hard or it, it, you would get too deep in there, but uh, I also think I learned that I would probably need to choose eight to really round it out. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I didn't really get to put in like 3D platformer yeah. or because I mean, I like, but I guess it's like, I just don't play that as much. Like, yeah. that used to be what you play a lot of. I f- and I think the thing is, is so. if you looked, that would be a really fascinating, and my memory is not good enough to do it. Um, but it would be a really cool thing to choose, like by decade yeah, like, or by you know what's your two thousand two yeah which what would what would or I have plat- what, or per generation um, mm-hmm. because I went through a real like evolution where I started out as a console well I started out I mean I guess really as like a computer gamer because I had a, a Commodore sixty four when I was a kid and then I was a console gamer for years and years and years and then in like the late nineties. I got a PC, and so I turned into kind of a PC gamer for quite a quite a while. And then I got an Xbox and was a console gamer for a long time. And then I got another gaming PC like maybe six or seven years ago, and so I did some more of that. And now I just I'm an everywhere gamer, I think. Yeah. I think generationally you might be able to answer that because you could probably yeah. remember what games did I really play the most yeah. during, like on PS2. Or like I could by probably, decade or something. I could probably yeah. come up with, remember the five games in the PS2 that I played yeah. the most. So Yeah, so I don't know. I think it's a fun question. So we'll, uh, Mansox like was suggesting that we put up uh, like bios for ourselves on our website just to kind of, you know, here's a picture. This is what Cliff looks like. Yeah. Uh, makes me easier to find at conventions, that kind of thing, I yeah. guess. But it would be kind of a fun thing to have a bio, and that would actually be a really good bio question. Right. Like, what are the five games that define you? We'll just edit that all the time. It'll be fine. Yeah. So, anyway, thank you for your first question, Vinny. The list just grows <laughs> over time. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, Vinny's second question is, if you were ever to get a video game-related tattoo, what would it be? Uh, tattoos. Tattoos? Tattoos. <laughs> I don't know. You don't know? I mean, besides getting a bite me tattoo, yeah, mine would probably. I think if I was going I'd get to bite me on my butt, let me kind of. Oh, don't do that, because <laughs> then people ask you to show it, and I don't want to see your butt. Yeah. Um, I think if I were to get a video game tattoo, it would have to be like a sleeve, because I don't think I could just choose one. And I've seen really cool sleeves that are like a ton of character, like a big Nintendo themed one or a big Xbox themed one. I think that would be, if I was going to do it, it would probably be a bunch of characters. I don't think I'd just be able to choose one. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like you either got to go, yeah, you have to go big and really incorporate a lot or get yeah. just something small and I a get token like, to. Like maybe just a, like a Mario. Like a power-up. Oh, like power a power-up. Like up. some sort of power-up. Yeah. Just a small one on your knuckle or something. That'd be Not pretty cool. Not on your cool. knuckle, but between your knuckles. Between your knuckles. <laughs> it would be pretty cool to get like a, like a... I'm looking at Adam's. Adam's got a, a Super Mario poster in his office. Like a little Mario would be cool, but even like cooler might be like a little Goomba or a uh, Goombas are pretty dope. Like a, a what do they call it in Portal? The the cube, the 
companion companion cube, cube. like yeah. can, companion cube would be kind of cool. But I'm also like I'm always the person too that I never want to like Halloween this big deal around our office. And I did go as Mario last year, but I never want to go as Mario. I always want to go as some super obscure like character that nobody ever knows. The first year I worked here, I went as Arthur Dent from Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. And literally there's 70 people that work here and nobody had any idea who I was. But when I was at Comic-Con, I saw a dude walking around as Arthur Dent. I was like, oh my God, that's the greatest costume ever. So like I always wanted to be that character. So the actual answer would probably be some weird, obscure video game character that nobody had ever heard of except for like four people. And they'd come up there like, oh my God, that's so cool. I want a sword of plus three health from Uh obscure RPG number Uh, three. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So I had a, so I've got a MacBook and everyone who owns a MacBook has to get some sort of like vinyl decal from the front of it. It's just what you do. They all incorporate the Apple logo. And uh, I'm a big Doctor Who fan too. And so instead of getting just like a Doctor Who like thing, I got an Adip- or not an Adipose, a, uh, an Ood. And no one knew what it was except for the handful of people that knew what it was. Yeah. And like those were the cool people. Like th- those are the people I still talk to Doctor about <laughs> Doctor Who. They're like, oh, right. I remember. Like literally the other day on a bus, I was with a coworker when we were in Phoenix. And he's like, oh, I remember you like Doctor Who, don't you? And the only reason he knew that was because I had this like dorky, obscure right. vinyl sticker on my laptop. So anyway, next question. Super hyper weapon man. What mighty? He is mighty. Don't forget that he is. Did mighty. I did I miss the mighty? Super hyper mighty. It's such Weppa a long man. name. <laughs> he wants to know what video game would you go to see as a musical? Doom. Doom the Doom musical. the musical. It'd be so good. God, like the new Doom. Yeah. Like I want to go see a metal musical. Oh. Like, with that music live. That we saw at the video game awards. Like, how cool would that be? I had a bunch of other ideas, and absolutely none of them are as good as the idea as Doom the Musical Live. Oh, oh it'd be, God. It would be the, so good. I mean, the the downside is, is that game has zero story. Yeah, so. but I mean, can you think of just... I don't know what it would it be. It would just be just balls to the wall, just demons and... I don't know. I think yeah, I think there's something there. There's definitely something yeah. there. I 100%. I think uh, like almost any um like probably a lot of walking sims you could turn into pretty good musicals, but yeah, no Doom Doom sir is is Doom the musical. I'm going to start the best. I'm going to start pitching that to anybody really. I, just everybody. Just what, what's that musical. dude's name? Mike something? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good oh, idea. So good. slight aside uh, one time I was working at this job. I worked for Volkswagen and, uh, or I worked for a company that made Volkswagen's website, whatever. And, uh, we'd been working just a ton. I was in the middle of a, like a massive project. We've been working like 18, 20 hour days for like three weeks and everyone was just like on the edge. And I, one of our programmers broke something and I kind of got rawed at him. And the project manager at the time was like, Hey, 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 chill. Why don't you take the night off? I'll give you, I've got tickets to this this show you can go see this show take your wife it'll be great i'm like i haven't seen my wife in like three weeks i'm like that would be nice and he gave us tickets to see of mice and men the operetta (laughs) some things should not be made into musicals (laughs) (laughs) anyway thank you super hyper mighty weapon man i like how you can go like robble gobble and get some (laughs) tickets to a musical I want to try that. It was it was it was a it was a bad time. Yeah. I worked like 420 hours in 5 weeks. Yeah. It was a lot of hours, man. It was a lot of hours. 
um honorable mention to like god of war the musical because i think it'd be kind of funny to have like this boy yeah <laughs> like, like you have this Pagliacci, the sad clown character <laughs> who's just Kratos is just like down on himself and like so angry at the world but there's uh-huh. also like gods and angels so I think I think musically you could probably do a lot of really neat stuff with down. with the characters in God of War 100% so. down I like it all right next up we've got Josh so uh, first of all, Josh and I hung out in Phoenix, and it was absolutely awesome. He's real. Yeah, he is a real person. He is. Uh, he spells far better and is is far better spoken than uh, his chat in the Discord would imply. Yeah. His he, autocorrect is the his. He's got the worst autocorrect. I, I think his it phone is, probably has a demon in it because or like it's not autocorrecting, and that's the problem. I don't know because man. it's bad. There's no nine in evolve. <laughs> exactly. There's no nine in evolve. And if you are not in our Discord, that will make no sense to you. Which no. is why. Every single one of you should come be on our Discord. It's great. Uh, so Josh wants to know, you're on a plane. You're stuck in the middle seat. Which video game character would you like to be sitting next to you on your multiple-hour flight? So the window seat is the character you want to be sitting next to. And which video game character would you loathe sitting next to the most on the aisle? So first of all, don't ever get a middle seat. <laughs> That's your first <laughs> no. mistake. Always aisle. So... um I hate flying, although Dylan also hates flying. I do hate flying. Um, <laughs> Dylan hates flying because he's 75 <laughs> feet tall, and they don't make planes for people that are 75 feet tall. I hate flying because I'm also sort of tall, um, but also sort of wide, which makes uh, flying awful. Plus, I get kind of airsick, so it's a terrible, terrible thing for both of us. Um so the person I want sitting next to me on the the window side is what's uh, like maybe the Slender Man. I want someone really <laughs> tiny or someone without arms so I can have spooky. an armrest. Yeah, like I I I'm not picky. I'll be yeah. completely honest. Um, it, it, it I don't care who the character is. I'm not going to talk to him anyway because I get on a flight. And I put on noise canceling headphones <laughs> and I don't talk to a single person unless I don't know the plane crashes. So. Like I said, I'm not picky. It, it can be a person without an arm, some video game character that has had an arm blown off, or a super, super skinny character that's just going to take up, like, the very middle of the seat so I can take the, the, yeah. the armrest anyway. Um, yeah. Yeah. The other side, so when I came out to Seattle the first time, I... Uh, I was on a, an airplane with uh, the Seahawks had just won the Super Bowl. And uh, so the entire plane ride, like if you've never been to a Seahawks game or you don't follow the Seahawks, they they do this like C thing and then everyone yells Hawks. And the plane did it literally the entire way from Utah. Oh, to it was absolutely terrible. But the guy who was like leading this was a dude who'd gone to Las Vegas to see the Seahawks play like in Las Vegas so he could I don't think they actually played there but I think he went there to like watch on the big screen and gamble and whatever right and then it stayed for like a week after just partying the entire time and he was probably six four six five and just ripped like one of those dudes that you just like see at the gym and you're like dude can bench press 9,000 pounds and all he does is just like gym rat like huge dude and when he sat down in an airplane seat, he took up his seat and like six inches of the aisle and six inches of the aisle next to him. They actually, the person sitting next to him actually switched seats with someone else so they could put the Slender Man person next to him because it wasn't like he was a big dude. It was just he was a 
big dude. No. So I don't want to sit next to Kratos. <laughs> <laughs> Long story short. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so anyway, anyway. or E Honda. E Honda or Kratos. <laughs> there, there can be, those are the two people I do not want to sit next to on airplane. And again, it's not because I don't want to talk to them because I got canceling headphones on. I just don't want to sit next to them. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I was wondering exactly which character Where I was were. going. Yeah, I, I was getting close. I was like, okay, so it's going to be a buff character. <laughs> One time I got, man, I have so many bad airplane flights. One time I got on the, an airplane and I took my seat and the lady next to me literally lifted a large portion of herself off the armrest and said, like, we're going to be mighty good friends by the time we get to wherever you're going. And that's when I realized that the guy sitting next to me was actually her husband and that her own husband had chosen not to sit next to her and let me do it instead. And and so E Honda is is my choice. Mm-hmm. The whole time I was thinking you were going to bring up the singing lady and then <laughs> have some weird singing character sitting next to you. So, so I guess this goes back to like Doom being our, our musical because I, I was flying to Seattle because apparently Seattle's a weird place to fly to. And uh, there's a lady like six rows behind me who was singing the Bodyguard soundtrack by Whitney Houston the entire way, but with headphones on, so she was completely tone deaf. And people like next to her would be like, hey, hey ma'am, ma'am, you're singing out loud. And she, oh, oh, I'm so, so, so sorry. And then like she'd be quiet for like 30 seconds and then just burst into like full on and like, you know, I, I can't remember. What, what's the name? Of, how does that song go? We'll I always can't. love you. <laughs> but like more off tune than I just sang, which is hard to believe. Um, oh I have gosh. like four or five minutes of it recorded and uh, like I put it, the, 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 the bodyguard soundtrack underneath it, but then it got pulled off YouTube because uh, copyright infringement. It was absolutely amazing. The flight from Utah to Seattle is about two hours too, in case you're wondering. It's rough. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, don't fly. Like that's, that's the moral to this question is it's not, it's not who do you want to be sat next to. It's you don't want to be sat next to anybody you want to fly an empty plane yeah. by yourself or drive I want to fly I my hi- own plane i highly suggest driving yeah I, it's it's way better Get your than own flying. soundtrack uh-huh. if you're choosing yeah exactly i just um, all spotify well i guess um i don't have any real uh um anecdotes to really <laughs> you don't have bad from, flight stories i've got more if, if you need me to keep going i mean there's definitely been some weirdos but um i guess if i was to have someone Against my window seat, I would choose Jigglypuff because Jigglypuff looks like a good pillow. Oh, that's smart, actually. Um, and Super smart. I think Jigglypuff would be nice. Maybe um, the blob from a boy in his blob. Yeah. yeah. But uh, and if I would, I would loathe sitting next to uh, I think Waluigi because his legs are real long and there'd be a lot of knee knocking going on, and <sighs> I don't, I just don't want to deal with that. That makes sense. Uh, makes a lot of sense. And I assume he kind of smells bad. I don't know. And he's really. Like, yeah. <laughs> He's gonna touch his mustache. A lot. And, and, yeah. and you just, don't need that. And he only says his name. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, I know, I know. I had fun. I know on. you're Waluigi, man. <laughs> just can we just can we just play Mario Kart together? <laughs> <laughs> it's a good question. I like that a lot, Josh. All right, next we've got turned down for what? Uh, if they were to make a live action Destiny movie, who would you choose to play the characters? The only one I can peg down is Ryan Reynolds as Cade Six. Now, this is a good question, but it also kind of begs the question of 
first of all, why you would just choose Nathan Fillion. <laughs> and he's like, well, just Nathan Fillion reminded me so much of Ryan Reynolds. I chose Ryan Reynolds. I'm like, well, that doesn't make any sense at all. No, you can't play yourself. <laughs> and then uh, the uh, one of the other Guardians is played by uh, Gina Torres, I think is her name. I think that's her last name. And she's literally the, the captain from Firefly. So I'm like. So they just cast Firefly. Let's just, let's just cast the entire thing with the Firefly cast. Yeah. And uh, and we'll just call it good. And instead of making a Destiny movie, we'll just make another <laughs> Firefly <laughs> movie. <laughs> Seems like a good idea. Because honestly, like as much as I enjoy Destiny, I think Destiny's actually got a really good story. Um, I couldn't tell. I would at least in the first game. <laughs> <laughs> if you you just had to read the little cards, it would have told you. Yeah, it was. Um, but like, I mean, the thing is, is like, it's got a lot of famous actors in it too. The dude who plays the speaker is a really famous, famous, <laughs> famous um, English actor who I can't remember his name offhand. But like, he was in. Uh, he's been in a ton of stuff. He was in uh, Love Actually and a bunch of other English stuff. So like, he's a really good actor. Like, I would just have him play himself. I, the only real question is, is who you get to play? Um, oh, I don't know the the guardian. I can't even remember what kind of things they are. Um, the Titan Guardian. I don't know who plays him. So yeah. we, we may have to cast that. But I'm sure there's someone from Firefly that could that could play yeah. that part. It'll be fine. So that's my answer. We're just going to remake Firefly using destiny yeah. characters now I mean, we're just going to remake firefly yeah I that's think the it, answer let's just remake a firefly. similar movie kind of i mean kind of the same thing destiny is a little a little more like modern future yeah, space, you know it's a little more like space opera y yeah. than firefly that was kind of a, almost a western yeah but uh, like the answer the thing is is i don't i don't need a destiny movie but man i could use more firefly that's yeah. really all we're getting to here is i want more firefly so I'm not actually going to answer that question. Sorry. Okay, so Joel Coleslaw wrote me a novel. Like, I'm not even kidding. Like, there are paragraphs here. It's a it's a short story. If we publish this, it would uh, it would be like 14 pages long. And win many Pulitzer awards. Oh, of course, it would win. Probably a Pulitzer and I don't know some sort of book award. Yeah, probably like a Nobel uh, Peace Book Award a Hugo, prize. All sorts of stuff. Um, it's brilliant. So his question is. Um, when you're playing a Ubisoft model game, which I think they should like trademark Ubisoft model TM, um, world games, uh, what's your process? Do you go a section at a time, um, and clear everything out or you go from task to task to task, um, and then leave other stuff for when you get to it? Do you grind the side missions and, uh, be able to, you know, upgrade things or do you just focus on the main story? And then he tells us his process. <laughs> he uh, finds himself a completionist as far as unlocking every tower and getting the entire map visible. Then he's collect what I can or would go slightly out of my way get something for the sake of getting it. I would much rather bank the tokens, gold, parts, whatever you have. So when you need upgrade at a higher level, he has what he needs. Um, like Infamous, he finds himself as a completionist. I also found out yesterday that completionist is not a word that dictionaries know about. It's apparently a, only a game-related term, which I think is absolutely fascinating. Uh, just breathe. Uh, let's see. A completionist to just breeze through the final boss battles. Assassin's Creed hasn't played in a while, but when he did, he knew that he did every single fine mission. And if he didn't find the difficulty, uh, he'd do the side missions to level up. So, Dylan, how do you play those games? <laughs> There's more. Like I could go on for like another four paragraphs. So similar to Joe, um, Mr. Coleslaw, I. Mr. Coleslaw. Mr. Coleslaw. Um, I do 
because those games, like, you only have a portion of the map, so you have to go, like, unlock your map. So what I do is I go find all the towers to unlock the map so I know where everything is, and then I get burnt out on the game and I play something else. <laughs> <laughs> like, seriously, though, like, I, it's kind of bad. Yeah. Um, but that's kind of how it is. Like, I remember that happening in Far Cry. I remember it happened in, like, the last Assassin's Creed I played. But it, it I think it's a real problem with those games is because they, they make so much of it about like finding and unlocking yeah. things that it really does ultimately distract from a lot of what the game actually has in it. Yeah. Um, it's great for people who really like that stuff, but I think it really can turn off a lot of players. Um, cause I loved the first and second Assassin's Creed. I loved far cry and I honestly haven't played the last three to four of them because there's I kind of so have I have a feeling that that will happen again yeah. because that kind of just became what they were, and I think they kind of got deeper into what they were than like it almost turned into a joke of itself. Yeah. Um, and like for me, like I'm a hundred percent with you that like I just do these things and then fall off. Like I fall off pretty quick. But then I look at a game like Grand Theft Auto where I did ninety nine percent of the side missions. Um, and finish the main story. Um, I did like Far Cry Five. Like I ate that game. I did a hundred percent of everything. Um, I did all the dumb. I did the, all the fishing missions. I don't. I don't fish. I don't, fish. I don't care about fish. Like I'm like these are aren't even super compelling. But I did all of them. Um, but now I'm playing Assassin's Creed Origins, and I'm hitting that wall. Um, so I'm about ten hours in. And I'm going to try and do this without spoiling the game, but you, you start that game and there's like five guys you want to kill because they, they wronged you. I won't tell you why, cause you don't actually find out until six or so hours in, but anyways, they did something that you didn't like. And the only way you can get back at them is by, by killing all these bad guys. That's cool. So I'm I'm trucking through the towns. I'm doing the main missions. I'm doing some side missions. And uh, about seven or eight hours in the game, you you find your wife. And uh, there's a mission to get her and then get her out. And you have to kill this guy for her. And you kind of talk to her and you realize, hey, sweet, we've killed all five of these guys. Great. And I'm like, I'm only like 10 or 11 hours into this game. They Like they said this game's like minimum, like 23, 24. I'm like, but right here would be a great way to end this game. Like we could just say like, Hey, we did it. Yay. Um, like I could have used a little more story, you know, along the way, but that's fine. Like 10, 12 hours is perfect for this game. And then like today I got to this part where they're like, Oh no, you didn't actually kill all of them. And it goes and branches way out again. And now there's another like five guys that I've got to kill. And, and I'm not leveled high enough to kill all of them or any of them really. Like I'm level 14 and the, the next one's level 15 and some of them go up to like level 25. So I'm going to be like, ah, oh man, I got to go do a bunch of side missions to level up just so I can play the main story some more. And <laughs> so I don't know. I'm not sure why I do one-on-one -on -one and one of the other, but the reality is, is I would really like these games more if you could say, I'm going to do the main quest and there's going to be enough XP in the main quest line to get me all the way through it. Even if I don't want to do a single side mission, I can beat that game in 12 hours. Apparently the new Batman game, you can beat the new Batman game, the main story in about 12 hours. And that is absolutely perfect. 
But sometimes I get a Far Cry 5 where I want to play 65 hours of it in three weeks. So yeah. I don't know. It, Assassin's Creed is probably the better game, honestly, compared to Far Cry 5. But it just it grabbed me the right way at the right time. Yeah. Um when they the most recent Grand Theft Auto, they they never lock off the map. Do you have the whole map from the very beginning of the game? I think so. I think, but I there's like not a lot of reason to. Right, they don't give you any reason to mission, explore, but you can it. go yeah. explore it. Yeah. And but I'm using that to illustrate my my thought and kind of my the sense I got when I think I played the most recent Assassin's Creed game that I did, and even um, I don't know if it was Far Cry Three, probably. Yeah. Um, I just felt you could, in fact, go explore the map, but your map itself was so small, what you actually could, like, see yeah. um, on your map screen, right? It's small until you go unlock, like, find the, the towers sure. and stuff. And to me, it just made it feel small. Not that it really is, because yeah. it, it's there. But then, so I was like, oh, I need to get more maps. So I would go, and I would we find the tower and it's like okay well i got more but the next tower is just right over there yeah and then i kept doing that and it's like that's obviously the loop that you want because that's like you're you're doing stuff right yeah but then at some point you're like oh, i've played this game a lot and i really haven't <laughs> done anything and like and that's yeah. i think that's kind of why i feel that way yeah. it's a problem is, i run into a lot with role-playing games where i love skyrim and i love games like skyrim and it's really easy for me to get in that like I'm gonna the Witcher was the same way. I'm gonna do all the I'm side do quests, everything, and then you realize like, damn, this game's 170 hours long. I've you been know? doing everything except the main the, quest, the, right? Um, Fallout 4 was that way for me, where like the the premise of Fallout 4 is that your baby is kidnapped and someone shoots your husband, and they and you're collecting bottle caps. Exactly. <laughs> like, I'm like, shouldn't I care more about where my kid went? They're like, no, no, no let's go kill those rad roaches. Yeah, it makes absolutely no yeah. sense whatsoever. So. I don't know. Um, yeah. I guess that's probably more of a game problem than a me problem. Yeah. Like, if the game wants you to focus on that, maybe it should have you focus right. on that. that it, I, ultimately, that's just kind of a logical, but like, yeah. maybe those quests should come later. Like, because I, I love the side quests. I love side questing. I love having things to do, except when those things become, I think, distracting. You actually never get to the meat of the game, which if you had got there. Yep you might have enjoyed the game more or differently and ended up playing it more and then played the side quests. Yeah. Sometimes it's just, I think, a matter of how, you, like, what loop you find yourself in first, so it's... Yeah, I think the reality is, is if I had an unlimited amount of time to play games, I would play the side quest in every game, and it would be fine because I'd play three or four games at once, so I would yeah. never get bored with one. I could pick up one and then play it for a little while and then pick up another and play it. But with the as limited as my time is, I play one and I play it honestly almost as quickly as I can. Yeah. Um, because I want to get through it because there's another game behind that. And I love games and I love to beat games. And so, you know, if I had more time, I would probably play them differently than how I do play them, which is pretty mainline. I'm I'm not a completionist. I've never gotten a what do they call them, a platinum on the PS4. I've never gotten all the achievements on the Xbox. I rarely 100% a game. Rarely. I'm more like a 50, 60%er a game. So it is what it is. Yep. All right. You ready for the last question? Yeah. It is from Mansock. So, of course, it has to do with it food. Um, what is your favorite combination of bagel and cream cheese? Really all of them. Yeah. Right. Um, There's no bad combination. I love bagels. I love cream cheese. Um, I love them cinnamon raisin bagels mm. when they're in the toaster. I love 
the classic bagel. I love the jalapeno cheese bagel. Mm. But I think, I think if I had to pick one, like I'm going to enjoy a bagel today. I'm going to toast up plain old bagel. It could be, it could be the cinnamon, the mm. cinnamon raisin one. Yeah, yeah. Could be. It doesn't need to be. But the kicker is the strawberry cream cheese. Mm. You know what I like more than strawberry cream cheese? Plain cream cheese with strawberry jam on top. That's probably pretty good too. It's bomb. Yeah. Um, that's a like this is a surprisingly difficult question. Um, my mom actually used to make bagels. And they're very good. Um, bagels are kind of a pain. Like, if you don't know how to make bagels, you have to boil them first and then bake them. There's a lot of cooking I involved. I had no idea. Yeah, you boil a bagel to to get that. That's what makes that. What gives, gives it that, that consistency. That, yeah. And then you bake it to, you know, kind of golden it up. Um, she made real good bagels. And she made uh, homemade honey walnut cream cheese, which was also mm. very, I mean, she didn't make the cream cheese herself. It was like a process of getting cream cheese and walnuts and honey and mixing right. together. So. Those were those were real good, um, but then across the street from our office, there's a place called Goldberg's, and they have everything bagels and really good cream cheese, and everything bagel with with cream cheese along with the rest of your breakfast is also top notch. Um, but probably my favorite is Asiago cheese bagels from Panera Bread. Um, not only are they delicious, my wife adores them. Um, we didn't have Panera breads in Utah, but we'd had them where I lived in Michigan. So I moved from Utah to Michigan and then back to Utah and we couldn't get Panera bread bagels anymore. So anytime we would go to anywhere with one, we'd get them. But then when I traveled out here for work, I'd like buy a dozen of them and like stuff them in my suitcase and take a dozen bagels back with me to Utah. Mm. So Asiago cheese is good. And it makes your suitcase smell nice, and mm. it makes your car smell nice if you buy them and leave them in the back of your car. So, mm. yeah. Bagels, cheese, all the bagels. I've never had a bagel I didn't like. It's like asking what my favorite donut is. Like, they're yeah, donuts pretty... I like more than anything, but I won't turn down any donut. Yeah. Mm. They're all good. I think what this means is he could get some bagels for lunch. Yeah. yeah. Manzox actually does Bagel Friday with his family. I think Ooh. maybe just his kids. I don't know if his wife comes. But every every weekend that he, every week that he's home, he takes his kids out for early morning bagels and posts it on Facebook. It's fun. It's That's something good. I wish I had time to do with my kid, but I go to work too early. So anyway, we got two two more things. We got two uh, more things. Cheap free games and then troll corner. So cheap free games that Dylan was uh alluding to foreshadowing to uh, also one of his his top five games so if you want to be like dylan what you should do is subscribe to the humble bundle this month because for 12 bucks you will get the standard edition of overwatch which is absolutely the cheapest you will ever see well that's not true i'm sure at some point you'll see that game cheaper but it's absolutely the cheapest you'll see that game this month so for 12 bucks you could be playing (laughs) online Overwatch PC with Dylan. Yes. You'll get a ton of other games. Like that'll also give you like another six or probably five, six, seven other games that are often very good too. Like my, my humble bundle last month came with actually two games that I've really, really wanted to play and just haven't got yet. So it's an incredible deal for $12. You can subscribe for a single month and then cancel yep. and you'll still get to keep those games forever. And you'll get a code that you can redeem on blizzard.net. Yep. And then you have Overwatch on the PC forever. Which is pretty great. And if you're going to do that, we would very much appreciate it if you would go to bitemepodcast.com slash humble and buy it that way, because then we'll get a little bit of something, something. Um, humble bundles are just great. The, some of the money goes to charity. Some of the money goes to us if you do it the right way. Um, and then the rest of the money goes to the developer. 
Um, monthly is is convenient because you can just let it run. Pulls twelve bucks a month. Um, and, but you can turn it on and off too, so you can actually skip a month very easily and uh, just pick up the next month. I That's skipped cool. two or three months ago. Super easy, and yeah. I've gotten a ton of great games that way. So that is that. That's our cheap game for this month. The other thing I did want to remind you is this is the last week to get your uh, some of your September games with gold games on the Xbox. Uh, both prison, no, I'm sorry, both uh, for honor, which is a Apparently a pretty great game, and being free has upped their their numbers a lot. So For Honor expires on uh, September 15th, and Star Wars uh, Lego Star Wars 3 expires on the 15th. So grab those while you still can. All right, last thing we're going to talk about is Troll Corner. Puddlegate. It's here. Because everything needs a gate. Yes. So if you're not familiar with this, like, thank God you must not be on the internet very much, and I envy you. Um, I try to stay off as much as possible. Yeah, the internet's a terrible place, but I have a hardcore addiction. People are like, oh, I went camping. I didn't have my cell phone for two days. It was amazing. But like, that just makes me anxious thinking about it. Yeah. <laughs> so every once in a while I go to Canada, not having like my phone in Canada for three hours is heartbreaking. <laughs> I don't know what to do. Like, we have to go find places with Wi-Fi so I can catch up on Twitter. Anyway, P- uh, sorry, Puddlegate. Pizzagate something very different. Puddlegate is uh, folks watch the E3 demo for spider-man the game that just came out to huge acclaim trend amazing ratings and incredible sales and they noticed that in the demo there were some puddles in one of the rooms and then they noticed in footage of the actual game release some of those puddles were gone gone. where did they go evaporation that's how it's how it works oh this this demo actually happened later happens in real time and the the concrete actually soaked up the water. Yep, exactly. Some of it went into the air, some of it went into the concrete. Anyway, as capital G gamers often do, this blew up into the thing that we're going to be pissed off about this week, and they made a big whatever about it, and the the best part of it is Insomniac came back and said, don't worry, there's lots of puddles in this game. Plenty of puddles. There's no thought to the context of, like, if it matters if there's puddles. Like, maybe that's a room you just swing through. Maybe you won't even notice those puddles, but damn it, those puddles were missing, and that's terrible. So, I have two thoughts on this. One is, um, any game footage that you see before you actually see literally the game itself is a commercial. So, think about it that way. Also, any demo you see at E3 is worse than a commercial. It's a commercial specifically made for E3. It's often not the actual game you're seeing. It's often not, like, the rest of the game doesn't look like that at all. It's often a vertical slice of a game that they make specifically for that trade show. And that was months ago. Like, absolutely. I mean, E3 is in what? July? So, June? June, I think. Yeah, a lot of stuff happened on that game between... You know, then and when the game released last week. So things happen. Like, you know, if you want, you know, in, in a perfect world, gamers want 4K, 60 frame a second, and amazing visuals with every single puddle you can possibly and imagine. Puddles. Choose two. Um, like, that's just the reality, especially on a console. You can, you can have all the puzzles, puddles you want, or you can have 4K, maybe on the, the PS4 Pro, or 60 frames a second. You cannot have all three of those things. If it was a PC game, sure. If you want to spend $1,100 on a video card, you can have 
64K and puddles. And a couple more puddles. Yeah. But but on the PS4, it's just not going to happen. Like, you, there are compromises that are going to be made to maintain the things that people care more about. My guess is they figured that people cared more about frame rate and resolution than they did puddles. Shockingly, they were wrong. wrong. <laughs> Who knew? My final, my final thought on this, and then I'll let Dylan talk, is unless you've ever watched a McDonald's commercial... <laughs> Looked at that burger on the McDonald's commercial and then went to McDonald's and when they gave you your burger, slammed your fist down and said, this is not the burger I saw in that commercial. Send it back and give me the one that they get, you know, I saw in the commercial. Right. You have no excuse to talk smack about Spider-Man. Right. It's, it's advertising people. Who cares? Like, God. like, I don't even, this is so far outside of what I would ever <laughs> right? care about. Like, like the amount of energy wasted to be upset about puddles yeah, um, yeah. unless you stepped in one and your shock is now wet yeah um yeah th- like to me it makes me think about movies right so when a movie trailer's cut there's a specific editor who cuts that trailer yeah who's it's not cutting the company. movie yeah it's, yeah they, they, they make it. trailers they get footage that probably isn't even in the movie yeah like those scenes shown in the trailer aren't necessarily even a part of the cut yeah. and it doesn't matter. Um, it's, it's a, it's a movie, um, food photography. Yeah. Uh, that's not real food. That's that's um, that, that milk. That's glue. Right. And it's like, go look it up. Cause it's actually fascinating yeah. when you read all the stuff they substitute to make food photography look good. Cause of course, like, yeah, if you're going to make it look good, make it look good. Yeah. Like it's fine. Who cares? Yeah. It, but another thing that a lot of I actually listened to a Waypoint episode about this today, and they they talk a lot about um, Puddlegate. Um, but one of the the things that they pointed out was is if you look at the difference in how those visuals look, the visuals for the E3 demo are very bright, very shiny, very almost plasticky looking. And they said, you know, that's not actually what you want when you bring that game home. You want subtle lighting and good material looking but if you're demoing something on the e3 stage floor where it's kind of dark and there's a million other screens what you want (coughs) is the super bright super saturated super shiny plastic looking stuff because it stands out um it's the same way when you buy a tv at best buy and then take it home they look different it's because at best buy they pump up the saturation the vibrance and the brightness to make it stand out against all the other tvs but that's not the game you want to bring home right you want to bring home the the game that looks good not the game that looks flashy right and they're they're taking this game spider-man and they're they're demoing it on one screen for a bunch of people right and that same game is going to be one game sent to millions of people played on millions of different screens right and uh, your game needs to look good on all of those right um it's a challenge like uh, to me like when i i make cut together some videos and I have to try to like when I have music and audio in the video you try to mix it to a certain level because you have people listening on earbuds you have people listening on headphones you have speakers monitors you have one iPhone speaker on the phone and the other one buzzes like you never know what the actual platform people are going to use to be listening to stuff so people are like well it's quiet and it's like well you're listening on a mono speaker on your old iphone 4 like i don't i can't i can't help you like i i listened on three different things and it sounded okay um so you're you're never gonna please everyone but puddles is but i mean i think the other thing to think about too is like e3 by the time e3 came around that game was probably running on an actual ps4 
But that game at E3 2017 is probably running on a computer. Like, yeah, yeah, they run them on dev kits. They, you know, they they have dev kits they use. But these games are built on PCs. Like, they're not built on PlayStations. And, yeah, the PlayStation is the target. But for a long while, that game's probably actually running on a PC. And then they they figure out how to smash it in. Like, it's, you know, the optimization phase is not the first phase you do. No. You build a game. That wouldn't make sense. And you make it interesting. And, you know, you have an engine that's optimized most likely for you know, your target hardware. But these days too, a lot of engines are multi-platform where you're going to export from that to a PC, to a PlayStation, to an Xbox, to a switch, you know? So yeah, just, just don't worry about puddles. Stop worrying. Yeah. Stop worrying about what you're going to be outraged over this week and start being happy that Spider-Man's a fantastic game and the puddles don't matter. Like be happy that the games are amazing right now and that you can throw a rock and hit three, four, five amazing games that are coming out this month. And next month there's going to be 10 because it's October. And in November there's going to be 20 because it's November. Like we live in a golden age of video games right now. They look fantastic. They run fantastic. They're, you know, the artistic achievement is amazing. The physics are amazing. It doesn't matter where you play them. They're all great. Like be happy that you live now. Um, and, and don't worry about puddles. I just, I think, well, we need to make a caper, a caper film called Puddle Jumpers. <laughs> I'm 100. percent Yeah, like a a masked man steals the puddles and I'm, holds them hostage to. I tell you, man, it was just a, it was just evaporation. It was just the sun. No, no puddles in any video games ever. <laughs> they're all gone. See, but now with ray tracing, everyone's going to need more puddles because we're going to. I think that's the the reality is, is like my guess is next year every game's going to have a, a huge amount of puddles. More puddles, at least on the PC, <sighs> because they'll be the, they'll be the place you can reflect things. Next year, all video games with the new Nvidia cards are going to be all puddles and glass buildings because that'll be like the way they can show off their tech. So, <laughs> so any games you're missing from your spider-man game like 2019 2020 those are going to be your years to get your puddles yeah. back so stop playing games until then yeah that's, we'll catch up to you that's probably the best way to do it yeah anyway uh you can find us <laughs> if you want to if you want if you want to complain about puddles if you want to tell us that your games need more puddles uh you can go to bitemepodcast.com there's all sorts of different ways you can contact us there i'll tell you a few of them you can go to facebook.com slash bite me podcast you can go to twitter.com slash bite me podcast go hang out on our patreon page patreon.com slash bite me podcast you might be seeing a theme here pretty much just type in some sort of social media and put bite me podcast at the end uh, i've actually been posting the instagram this uh the last couple of weeks so you can actually Ooh, go to Instagram, the IG, Bite Me Podcast, and see a bunch of screenshots that I chat yeah. about a little bit. So you can gonna, even just Google it. If you Google Bite Me Podcast, a bunch of stuff comes up. Yeah. Um, or you can go to bitemepodcast.com and just click all the links from there. Yeah, that's probably the easiest way to do it. Um, I actually meant to talk about Extra Life this episode because Extra Life's coming up in like two months. Two months. Um, but Less I didn't. Than. I forgot to put it in the show notes. We'll talk about that next so week. So next week on the Bite Me Podcast. Or you could go to bitemepodcast.com and click on the Extra Life banner in our in our sidebar there and uh, just go sign up. Look, we talked about it. Yeah, we talked about it. We'll talk about more next week. Next week. On? The Bite Me Podcast. And we do? No, that doesn't make sense. Video game stuff. Okay. We'll talk about Extra Life. Is this turning into one of those, like, MSR videos or whatever? Ew.